Hey everyone, welcome back again to another episode of the Braun Body Podcast. And today we're welcoming Michelle back. You might remember her episode uh, from Monday when she was talking about her life experiences through gymnastics, some things that set her back and how she overcame them along her journey. Just a reminder, Michelle graduated from LVC in 2020 with a bachelor's in exercise science. She's also a NASM certified personal trainer. She's currently uh, attending Concordia University in St. Paul to get her master's of science in coaching and athletic administration. And she currently coaches gymnastics at uh, Atlantic Coast Gymnastics. So again, very busy person, and I'm really excited to hear what she has to say about the sport of gymnastics because it is very impressive to watch gymnasts do exactly what they do. It's almost a form of art. So uh, with that, Michelle, welcome back. Thank you, Dan. I'm glad to be back and uh, share my love for gymnastics. If you ask you know, anyone that has known me the last 15 years, um, they think gymnastics right away, and I've always liked to talk about it, and I still like to, you know, share videos and stuff with them, so I'd love to share it with more people. Definitely, um, and I know you were saying earlier, we were talking, and you put uh, some new videos out on your Instagram of doing, like, these kind of flip things through the bar. Um, just for those of us who don't understand, like, the terminology with gymnastics, what exactly are some of the things that we're watching people do? Sure. So um, a lot of skills are named after individuals who have competed them. Others are kind of like basic skills that just have a name. But basically everything has a name. Um, when I was doing those circles around the bar, they're called giants. So you get yourself into the handstand and you swing all the way around. That's called a giant. But in general, um, release moves on bars or certain jumps or flips on beam or floor they are named after someone who competed it the first time. So, like, for example, there's a vault called a Yurchenko, which is when you do, like, a roundup onto the board and you back handspring onto the table and then you flip. And Natalia Yurchenko was the first one to do it. So um, if you are brave enough to try something new, they'll name it after you, which is pretty cool. Um, a lot of people know Simone Biles. She's got a couple things named after her. So uh, that puts into perspective a little bit. Oh yeah, definitely. That's uh, that's kind of cool though. If you do something no one else has done, you get credit for it. I uh, exactly. I like that. Very cool. So, what initially got you into gymnastics? Because you said you've been doing gymnastics from a young age. Yeah. So I actually joined uh, a mommy and me class when I was about two. My mom was like, "I'm gonna put her in this. We'll see if she <laughs> likes it." My mom had done like rec gymnastics as a kid. Nothing. Nothing crazy, but she was generally athletic, so was my dad. So, um, you know, they played sports through their lives, and she was like, let's try it. So I did mommy and me class, which then leads to uh, recreational classes, which just meet once a week for an hour. Um, and I was doing okay, but then my mom said she was just like, you know, she's athletic, she can try the sports. I was playing youth soccer and stuff, and she just kind of asked, like, does this go anywhere, or should, you know, should I try to put her in something else? And at that point in time, the coach was like, no, we we're going to ask her to join the team. Um, so I joined the team when I was right before I turned six. Um, and they started out as a training team, which is younger girls, like four five and six. Um, and they train for a few years, usually until they're at the first level where they compete. And then from then on, uh, I started competing when I was eight, right before I turned nine. 
and I competed till I was 16 when I stopped. So, um, that's my little journey. <laughs> that's awesome. Now, as far as the competitive structure of gymnastics, how does that look? Is it comparable to other sports or is it very different? I mean, there's a lot of different events and things. Sure. So, uh, most gymnasts through their career will compete all four events, which are the vault, the uneven bars, the balance beam, and the floor exercise. Um, Competing the four events then puts you in for an all-around score, which is just a total of the four scores that you got. Um, And you place on the events individually, and whatever level you are on um, that has certain requirements as to what you need to compete. Um, So the first couple levels are called compulsories which is where the routines um, are already designed and you have to do them that way and then when you hit the optional levels you have options as to what you'd like to do with your routine you get to make up your own floor routine with your own music you get to choose between a couple different vaults and a couple different release moves on bars and things like that Um, and you're always within a competition at a meet you are within an age group at your level so um, typically it's like, you know, 12 and 13 year olds or then 14, 15. It all depends on how many girls in the state or if you travel out of the state, how many girls at that competition um, are in your age group at your level. So typically if you're talking a higher level but a younger age group, there's less of them because those girls are really advanced or vice versa. If it's an older age at kind of a younger level, there's less of them. But in general, most people are around the same age at each level as you move forward. Right, that makes sense. And it's interesting because I had no idea that there was almost like choreographed routines that you were trying to essentially recreate. Um, so it's like some sometimes you're just trying to get the muscle memory down to repeat a routine, whereas other times you're trying to be creative I think I said earlier, kind of like an art form and put together your own thing. So it's kind of a cool blend of the two, it sounds. Yeah, definitely. So it's it's um, the compulsory routines that are designed for you to follow, you know, motion for motion, toe point for toe point, all of that. Um, it's interesting because some people really excel in that part and some people just, I don't want to say just do okay, but that's kind of where I was. Like some of the movements were more difficult for me, just like, any athlete you have your own strengths and weaknesses and I was never much of the dancer type of gymnast like I wasn't Mm -hmm. very flowy with my movements so when you had to do those I had more trouble with them and then when it came to being able to have my own routine usually you still pay for someone to choreograph it for you but they did more like sharp movements and things like that that were more flattering to the way that I performed so it definitely is interesting to see when people get to the optional level how how well they excel when they can pick things that work best for them right i like that and you're playing into your natural strengths instead of trying to balance it so to speak um so obviously this is a very rigorous sport you've got to be mobile you've got to be strong you have to balance movement coordination what's your typical training routine look like uh for gymnastics because i imagine it's very different than most people are thinking right so um Generally, I guess I'll speak more to when you reach like that optional level um, and things get pretty serious. Most people, not most, not all, but most are hoping to get college scholarship if they have that passion. Um, in that sense, at least in the gym that I went to and most 
in the area you're training like 20 hours a week so we would go five days a week for four hours a day and it does sound insane when you say it like that but it's not um four hours of doing push-ups and sit-ups it's four hours of you know you spend 45 minutes on each event you get to do all four events in the day you also condition you also stretch and all that so um in general four hours used to go by really quickly um (laughs) but yeah we would train 20 hours a week some some girls who are upper level or you know where they get to that elite status they're training even more than that but um within those practices the conditioning type of workout to gain that type of strength um most of it is body weight training which i always thought was interesting because when i got into the you know more of the world of exercise science i didn't know very much about weights we would use free weights and stuff sometimes but generally all the strength needed for gymnastics was learned through body weight exercise so a lot of pull-ups a lot of push-ups that kind of stuff but a lot of it related specifically to skills too um so that when you are flipping through the air, you're hitting those positions and you're strong enough to do it. Right, that makes sense. Kind of matching the training to what you're doing. Um, that's still absolutely insane, though. Four hours of training and in total, you said 20 hours a week. Uh, that's that's a lot for someone in middle school, high school level. So how were you able to balance school and you know the demands of life at the time with the demands of the sport? Yeah, well, that's a good question. Um, I would say, so a lot of that, you know, 20 hours a week training started probably like sixth grade for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I was fortunate enough to have done well in school and um, to a certain extent, school things kind of came easy to me. So, um, like I said, I was lucky that way, but it still was a a lot of time management, which is one of the main takeaways that gymnasts will tell you they learn is because you only have so many hours in the day and if you're at school till three and you're at practice four to eight and when do you do your other stuff you know so I when I got to the high school level and I had more homework I typically was up till midnight probably getting homework done before I went to bed and when I think about that now it sounds crazy like I would run on six and a half hours of sleep every day but it just I feel like when you're at that point in your life and you're you're that high level of an athlete you just deal with it you're just used to it and you know there were some days where I was lucky to not have a lot of homework and I would go to bed but in general I was used to school home real quick have a snack go to practice come home from practice eat dinner do my homework go to bed so you just get used to it right like that daily routine and you know now you probably look back and like you said it's just like wow I I did that that's uh that's crazy um so overall what was the team aspect of gymnastics like what was the overall dynamic and how did that work that is a really good question that's something that I've reflected on a lot since being through the sport and trying other sports and and things of that nature because my team since you spend so many hours there you get really close to them like I'm sure a lot of people can attest to being close to their teammates but these people were like family to me um you know couple of my very best friends I met through there and then even the girls that were older than me they were like a big sister Um, we actually used to do a program that we would call big sister little sister and you'd be partnered with someone if you were younger older or vice versa so that you had you know someone always looking out for you kind of thing giving you little um little reminders of keeping your chin up and all that kind of stuff um but in general it's a very 
individualized sport. You go to the meets together, you compete together, even if you're in different age groups until you get to the state meet. Sometimes you'd have to split up by age group, but in general, most invitational meets, you're all together. And you have the team aspect that way where you're cheering for each other, but really your performance comes down to just you and how well you do. Um, so for me, I was always accustomed to that and I liked it. Then I said, you know, um, in the other episode, how I went on to do track and I did diving and both of those are also very individual. You're part of your team, but your performance specifically in your event is up to you. And not that I don't like that. I, I loved it. And I like putting that pressure on myself and having to be so driven but then when I played a season of field hockey, I realized how different it is to play an actual team sport where, yes, your contributions are important, but the win or loss is not dependent necessarily on your specific um, performance that day. You could have done everything you could. You could have scored four goals and you still lost. So um, I did really enjoy team sports in that aspect because I hadn't experienced it in so long. It's a very different feeling, but I do think – you know, club gymnastics or even high teams that have high school gymnastics, um, the way that they choose to be a team has a big effect on it. Um, and now that I'm also back there coaching, I feel like there have been improvements, like different levels and different groups that are within the gym. There's like two different competition teams. They all know each other really well and they cheer for each other. And I think it's even improved from when I was there. And I think that has an impact on it, you know, that this is your team. If it is an individual sport, that's fine, but you still have a team behind you and the team that competes with you. Right. Definitely. And, uh, I like how, like you said, you've gone full circle from being a gymnast to coaching gymnastics. So you can kind of look back and reflect on those things that, you know, might not have been the way that you, uh, ideally would have wanted them to when you were a gymnast and fix them. So, you know, the next generation, so to speak, has a more positive experience and you can pass that on to them right yeah definitely i think sometimes we talk about you know they're like oh this was this way when you were here and i'm like yeah but i was there you know competing eight years ago things should be different and you should have uh you know i like that you guys have this better team aspect or things like that so it's nice to even talk to the girls and, and compare it right definitely um, now, for people who, you know, maybe they aren't doing gymnastics right now, um, there's a lot of people I've talked to who have goals that relate to gymnastics. They want to do a split. They want to do a muscle up. They want to do a lever of some kind. They want to be able to do a front flip or a back flip. And as you know, these are all very complex skills. So what advice would you be able to offer to someone who, you know, maybe they work out a few times a week, but they really want to kind of adapt their training to more of that gymnastics and calisthenics based approach? I think um, the most important thing to focus on, like I said, a lot of it is body weight strength that gives you the ability to do that. So you don't have to be able to squat crazy weight to be able to jump and do a standing backflip or, you know, we call it a back talk, but same thing. You don't need to have massive amounts of strength to be able to do that a lot of it is technique oriented so um you know i know a lot of people learn things from watching youtube videos and stuff like that um i would recommend that or if someone knows a gymnast ask them questions i know um i know that you talked to bridget finn recently and she and i had talked about 
handstands and how you get good handstand technique. And sometimes it's just asking the expert. I'm not trying to act like, you know, I'm some expert, but being a gymnast, you kind of are an expert, at least in what we would call basic skills that like that. So handstands, cartwheels, back handsprings, front handsprings, back tucks, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of it is just technique. And most people who work out regularly, I would say, are strong enough to do it. It's not necessarily a strength-oriented thing. It's technique and doing it properly. Right. So it's more of the movement pattern and just getting the, um, like I said before, the art of movement down. Um, yeah. And I like how it always comes back to the, what I like to call general physical preparation. Um, I think we live in a world of specialist athletes. Like, you know, there's people who compete in just the deadlift or just the bench press. And, you know, these same people, you ask them to do a push up or a pull up or a squat, and it just does not look good at all. They can't do these basic fundamental uh, general type of physical movements, so to speak. Yeah, I think that's important. I I actually was just talking to my gymnast that I coach about this when we were doing our, our trainings. We talked about, you know, gymnasts often have broad shoulders and, you know, strong biceps, triceps, but they're just in general so strong compared to most girls, especially when you're talking, you know, middle school, high school. You know, some girls kind of get into their, their lifting and stuff for team when they're in college, but a lot of them already have this strength and they, they think that they couldn't go and squat at the gym if they really wanted to. And like, no girls, like you're, you're definitely strong enough to do that. And I always encourage them to make sure they work on everything because they're already generally strong across the board to be able to do the skills that they do. And then you just want to keep up with that so that you don't turn into one of those people who can bench press, but not squats. Right. Definitely. Um, and with that too, is there any like major physical things that you really need, uh, to master, so to speak for gymnastics? Is it mostly in the core? Is it the hips? Where, where's kind of the focus area for the most part? Sure. So I would say across the board, it's core strength, um, which I'm sure is a given if you've ever really watched the way that the skills are competed, um, core strength gets you through everything whether you're talking about you know you've just landed your skill and you're on the beam and you're trying not to bobble like if you just can center everything and stay tight in your core most of the time unless you were way off you're staying on or you're doing that layout on floor and you're in that flat shape your core has to be tight and I could say it for every event but generally core strength is extremely important but when you start looking at each event there are different strengths that you need so bars you need a lot of that upper body strength um we always say that that's kind of why at least with me my shoulders are kind of rounded up to really work on standing up straight um because a lot of those muscles are developed where you're in that push-up type position when you're doing a cast on the bar and things like that so um to each event their own strengths that you need but in general core strength across the board right and with that core strength you typically I could be wrong about this, but you usually use like a hollow body hold position, I think it's called. Yes, absolutely. Everything, almost every skill goes back to a hollow, um, a hollow shape. And if someone is missing something, you know, they're not making their hands stand on bars or their layout is a little pikey on floor. It's because they're not hitting that hollow shape. So um, one thing that we've probably done a million and a half times is holding that hollow body shape, whether it's just laying on your back and holding on the ground or 
you kind of hold it and you pull your toes up into like a candlestick position all you're always in that hollow and it's very very important right and i kind of like too this overall approach of physical training kind of focuses mostly on muscle tension because you know it's not just getting into these positions you have to hold them for extended periods of time we were talking about the uh, iron cross before and it's like you know someone might be strong enough to get in that position but to, to be able to hold on the rings with your arms straight out for an extended period of time i mean that's that's just insane <laughs> it is yeah and a lot of it seems like it almost should be impossible and it does all go back to you know the the physics working behind it um but a lot a lot of gymnastics is is isometric holds and that's becomes really important so a lot of the training is around that we still do plenty of concentric and eccentric work too but um isometric holds especially when you're talking that hollow shape when you're swinging that giant around the bar if you're in your hollow you're good there's a couple shape changes that are the technique of the skill but if you can hit those skills that you've held so many times doing your conditioning, then you're good to go. That's awesome. So just a curiosity question now. Um, I know from like, you, you've, we were talking about the middle school, high school aged girls here. And I was just thinking back to, uh, for our school, the like standard for a uh, high school aged woman was to do one chin up. So when it came time for that sort of thing in gym class, the chin-ups, the push-ups, um, how did you compare it to everyone else? Were you just <laughs> blowing them out of the water? Yeah, it's such a fantastic question because, like, I feel like when you're in middle school especially, you just want to show off. Like, you want everyone <laughs> to know how strong you are. In high school, I was a little more, like, conservative about it, I guess. But most people in the school knew that I was a gymnast and knew – you know, that that's why I didn't play high school sports and things like that. Um, but, yeah, I would just blow people out of the water. I'm not <laughs> being cocky, but that's really like doing a chin-up. Or for us, it was like a bent arm hang. Like, yep. that was so simple to me. It's not an easy skill, but for me, having that strength already was easier. It was we had to push up, and there was a little, like, foam block, and your chest had to touch it. And they're like, okay, do five. And I did 50. Like, I, now I can't do 50 push-ups, but when I was at my at my peak and I was 13, that was easy for me. So um, there were many times that I kind of was, like, blowing people out of the water. And like, how do you do it? And <laughs> I train 20 hours a week, and we do this every single day. Like, I should be able to do this. So um, it is funny because I think back to that, and there were times that people must have been like, holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so with that too, is there anything kind of upcoming for you? Are you going to be taking those skills to a Spartan race or an obstacle course race or anything or? Um, that's a great question. I've always kind of wanted to do a Spartan or something of that nature because I like the challenge and I like that for five days after you'll be sore. Like I love, you know, that mental challenge. Um, at the moment, I'm not planning to do one, but I have at least been going um, into the gymnastics gym and doing gymnastics-related conditioning because I feel like that really does get you in the best shape. So sometimes some of my girls come in an extra day and we'll do a little bit of stuff together. Um, but in general, I've stuck to doing a lot of bodyweight stuff too. I've The last two years, I did the Murph Challenge on uh, Memorial Day. So I try to do things that I know are really difficult to give myself that really strong challenge that I feel like I haven't experienced since trying to do gymnastics 
conditioning or, you know, new skills that, that overcoming something that makes you feel really good. So maybe a Spartan race is in my future. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and it just dawned on me. You've been talking all this time about the girls you're coaching. I never asked you, what age are you coaching? <laughs> oh, good question. So um, the girls I referenced most of this time, they are between like 12 and 17. Um, the level that I coach, so there's uh, within USA Gymnastics, which is the governing body, there's Junior Olympic, which is levels 2 to 10. And then if you're really good, you go elite, and then those girls compete internationally and make the Olympic team, which, again, is a very rare chance of that happening. But, you know, high-level 10s, some elites are the girls that are competing at Florida and Alabama and UCLA and these big Division One schools. Um, and then this other program that I'm helping coach is called Excel. They're within the USAG umbrella, but um, it's a little bit less requirements physically within the skills, but also in time um, in the gym. So they only are there twice a week for four hours, a part of the group that's the next level up. They're there an additional day for two hours. So it's a little bit less training than the girls in the Junior Olympic program, but then it also allows them to compete other sports. I know a couple of them are soccer players and things like that. So it's a nice option that way. Um, so those girls that I coach um, are at the higher two levels of that program, um, and they're between like seventh grade and senior year. And then I also help coach the training team, which is like the four, five, six-year-olds. So that's a big difference <laughs> the teenagers, but it's it's just as rewarding when it comes to having them understand the importance of the basics and stuff. So Now, what does gymnastics for a four or five-year-old look like? I know there's a lot of controversy about, you know, exercising when you're young. Personally, from everything I've been able to read and find, it seems like body weight stuff from a young age should be encouraged. Um, so what does that look like in this younger oh, yeah. population? So the, yeah, the training team group, um, they do a lot of those isometric holds. So just like push up, hold or plank, hold, hollow hold. Um, they work a lot on like they, they kneel and they lean back. So they're working quads and hamstrings, but not necessarily learning how to do a squat correctly yet. Um, and then a lot of their strength just comes from learning the skills that they're learning. So um, in general, they're still kind of basic skills. A lot of times I coach them on beams. So we work on walking on, on our toes, which is called releve, like walking on releve without bobbling. But all of that is working, you know, your calf strength and your core strength. So um, it is basics, but it's also giving them a lot of the strength. And then with their with their bar workout, they have to be able to do chin-ups and pull-ups to be able to move on so to a certain extent we are requiring certain things and then in other instances it's just the way they're able to perform the skill we can tell if they're strong enough to do it so that's awesome i um just major props to you all and the sport itself because i you know i sit here now and i think back to what i looked like from you know age four or five to like age 12 13 and um i don't think I could have even gripped the pull-up bar for more than like a second without letting go I was I did not have it going for me early on <laughs> it's definitely challenging but it's it's interesting because if you flip it like for me I've always been able to hold that but that's just because I don't remember being five and being on the training team and holding the bar so it's just funny that if it's a little kid you just stick them up there and you're like hold this then they just do it <laughs> so um, eventually they end up being strong enough to do it but sometimes it's just making them try it which is fun too it makes me think of um, 
I think it was a savage race. I forget which obstacle course race it was. One of my clients was telling me about it and he was saying, you know, he goes there and they have a pull-up bar and they have like this, it's almost like a pull-up bar mosh pit for lack of a better term. Um, you know, hundreds of people are surrounding it and they're having a competition to see who can hold on the longest. And he said these two uh, parents come in there with their son who looked to be about 10 years old and they just pick him up and put him up there. And he said that, you know, three, four minutes passed and he's still holding on and everyone's in shock. Like, how's he doing that? And um, after like five minutes, he lets go with one hand, shakes it off, switches back and forth. And he just kept doing that. He said he was up there for easily 10 minutes and he went over, asked the parents, he's like, what do you have this kid doing? Like, what is he eating? Like, he wanted to know and he came back and he was like, you know, clearly you're not doing my training right, Dan. I want to be able to do that. Um, turned out he was a gymnast and in his free time, he was a rock climber at okay. the age of 10, um, which is just insane. There, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it just truly amazes me how, you know, from such a young age, you know, kids are able to get so strong with this sport and continue it for, you know, years and years down the line. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's definitely a good basis for wanting to stay in shape too, no matter when you stop. If you can keep up with doing, you know, push-ups and sit-ups, that's more than most, at least for women, I would say that. Not a lot of women can do a push-up, and it's not an easy skill, but if you're able to hang on to that and be able to do that for the rest of your life, basically, it really sets you up for being able to stay in shape. Definitely. Agreed. Well, thank you again for your time and for coming on for two episodes. This has been really awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I had a really good time. So with that, that's going to conclude today's episode of the Brawn Body Podcast. Thank you for joining. And if you want to engage with Michelle more, I'm going to link all of her socials and LinkedIn and all that good stuff below. So you can feel free to reach out with her to hear more about her and what she's up to. Uh, make sure you like, subscribe, share this episode with a friend and follow us on social media. Thanks for listening.